It's just because I don't pay attention to the parts I think are going to be cut. It's just go, boop, it's out. I think we're ready to go. <laughs> let's get into follow-up. Yes, let's. Follow-up from the previous episode. We got someone that uh, posted on Reddit. We got a comment. Which is pretty exciting. And it set off a whole bunch of bots that I had to go ban. That was fun. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> I, I w- at first, I was very confused. I was like, "What?" I saw all of these these ratings. Like, yeah, <laughs> something bad spiraled out of this first comment, <laughs> and Jacob had to drop the ban <laughs> on some early users. I don't know what happened, and and then I saw, okay, now hold on, these are bots like trolling each other. Like, what's going on? <laughs> it's like literally bots trolling each yeah. other. I was like, what the hell? How did this happen? Uh, but uh, yeah, I assume just some default bots enabled or... Uh, no, I don't think there's any way you can sort of globally disable bots. So I had to like individually go and pretty much ban them from posting on our subreddit again. So I'm sure there's going to be other crazy bots that come around. Uh. Um, I couldn't even find a way to report them because the one is sort of useful. The other ones are like just trolling bots. And I sort of look for a way I can report this so this stops because they're doing it a lot and they've got this really uh, obviously trolly nicknames and usernames and stuff so it's like this shouldn't really be here um how can i report this how can i make it not happen and i just got some generic q a page about oh reddit's an open speech community and if you feel like you're finding it oh go away robots don't have rights yeah (laughs) whoa i don't agree with that statement (laughs) For our future corporate overlords, <laughs> please, please have mercy. Uh, but anyway, user anybody seen George commented about um, mind mapping software, which was definitely not the thing <laughs> I thought someone was going to comment about. But he did raise an interesting point, which I haven't thought about before, is to use mind mapping software to map out business logic and like uh, process flow. It was kind of interesting and i have since kind of dabbled with it not with something very complex but you know just like try to use a mind map to see how and it's actually not bad um i was i was pleasantly surprised it is still not enough to (laughs) to have mind maps make sense for me i have yeah like i said before like me and mind maps i always think it's the best tool for the job and then i get about 60% 60% in and I realize, oh gosh, <laughs> this is a terrible idea. Why did I put myself <laughs> through this? Um, and then I always go back to text. Yeah, good old text. No, it's an interesting thought. I like the the idea behind, especially using it on like technical knowledge. So you can at a glance see what goes where and how things connect together. But yeah, I, I just... I don't like fiddling with graphs and pointers and things everywhere. I just rather quickly write everything down I know and then hopefully in the future, future me can uncipher the garbage that I wrote down, which generally doesn't happen, but I've learned over the years to uh, put enough tabs and spaces and little ASCII arrows in everywhere so that I can sort of uncipher my own text, which, which works okay, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, most of the time when I do business logic, I write out all of the comments first. Ah. So I, I'll map out the entire process by writing comments and then I fill in the code. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. And then at the end, it's literally just the cleaning up the comments and making sure that the comments are in the right places, um, following the logic flow. And then making sure that the comments are um, not explaining the code, but describing why it's 
there. Ah, I see. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So the the comment shouldn't say like loop through this because that's that's obvious. It, you can see it's a loop and it's doing this, but um, within the loop, you might have to say like, okay, but in this loop now, check for this, this, and this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if this is true, then we do this, this, and this. So kind of. Yeah, you want to describe the logic, not the functionality. Yeah, comments shouldn't be explaining the obvious. It should be augmenting what's already there. Yeah. Anyway, that was a kind of a side tangent, but... Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> right by catcher. Guilty. <laughs> we should also explain for the listener, um, you might have seen it's been a while since we've uh, spoken to each other. It's uh, We've decided that we are going to adjust the attempted schedule of two weeks to an attempted schedule of three weeks for every new episode to come out. Um, we've both agreed that it would be easier and more sustainable on our schedules to uh, push it out an extra week to give us some more time to think about, to ponder, to observe in the clubs, <laughs> to, uh, yeah, to be, to be, uh, productive people instead of just trying to be productive all the time but being very busy yeah it was it was fine when we we're just starting out and there was not a lot of stuff to go through and prepare and you know all that stuff but now it's starting to get <laughs> starting to be a lot of work um and releasing a podcast on the friday and then immediately recording on next wednesday it's it's a bit it feels rushed yeah there's not a lot of time for things to settle yeah so i think this is going to be better um apologies that you guys will have to wait a little <laughs> bit longer but it'll be worth it promise we'll be more engaged on uh, other platforms yes so i am um, i have been doing a 30 mile march 20 mile march i forget what was it 50 mile march some miles have been marched <laughs> that's too far <laughs> 20 mile march. okay 20. but yeah okay you can march 50 dude whatever works for you. <laughs> i'm marching 50 miles this is a long-term goal <laughs> cool i actually did read that book thank you for the recommendation <laughs> it was it was very interesting it was another one of the books where it could have been 100 pages shorter yeah but that tends to happen with most of the books in this category so i don't even uh, take a star off for that anymore <laughs> um it was it, it was very interesting there was a lot of insights in there a lot of extra backstory mm -hmm. i just decided to follow your advice and do something actionable and set a goal and I made the goal a really small thing that I can do every day and in fact it's something I do three times a day which is for our health club which we can uh, talk about later but one of my health club goals was uh, to lose some weight again because I have been really bad with going to the gym and uh, not eating well at all. So instead of setting a, a ridiculous goal of I want to lose X amount of kilograms or define it in any kind of way like that, which I've done, and then it just leads to deprivation and sadness. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this time I decided that the goal was to march every single day three times because I eat three times a day. And that would be my breakfast, lunch and dinner is reasonable. So I said in my to-do list, uh, three times a day, I get a pop-up around the time I eat and it goes, was breakfast reasonable? And I started with that. It worked really well. And then a couple of days into it, I changed the term from reasonable to optimal because it's really hard to lie when is something optimal. Yeah. You can you can sort of squeeze your way out of, yeah, it was reasonable. And that got me started. But as soon as I started the change to making it optimal, that was lunch optimal. It's like, oh, you can't lie about that. So then if I take it off, because I have to, it's like, yeah, it really wasn't, but I take it off. I feel so bad. Mm -hmm. I usually just skip the next meal because I go, yeah, that is optimal. I'm punishing myself now. And then I stopped doing that because I don't like punishing myself. And now every meal is like on target the whole time. 
and I've actually lost all the weight I wanted to lose. I'm right back where I was. Nice, dude. This is weird. I, it happened so fast. I was like, oh, wow. I wish I knew this brain hack months and months and months ago. Well done. So now I can like go outside and have drinks with friends and it's guilt-free because I go, yeah, it's fine. It's not an issue. I'm where I want to be. So uh, thanks for your advice, I guess. See, goals are good, Jacob, younger Jacob, and probably older Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, like it's similar to what I experienced with the coffee thing. Like the act of tracking it is enough for you to rein yourself in. Yeah. I- I'm still like only drinking my first cup of coffee when I get to the office and I don't drink any caffeine um, after two. Um, and it's working really great. Like I really go over three or four cups a day now. I literally went out from eight, nine cups a day to like three, four cups a day. Look at us being all healthy. Yeah, the, the other thing I did was um, switched out all uh, white flour-based processed goods over to whole wheat. Yeah, nice. It's a, it was because of our family setup, it's it's an easier change to make than paleo or full-blown banting or whatever, because that's... It's a um, family is like a large corporate. It doesn't change direction quickly. Yeah. You have to make small changes over a long period of time and then eventually adjust course. Um, so switching switching to whole wheat was, was an easy-ish thing to do. And uh, still hitting the gym five times a week. I've been so bad with the gym. I don't know. Well, having a gym buddy helps a lot. Um it's paying off though. I can. F- I'm feeling great. I'm feeling way healthier. I already lost like um, just over three kilograms. Nice, congrats. In well, that's and I built muscle, so it's like yeah, yeah, exactly. I haven't been checking the body fat, um, so I need to get one of those fancy scales to track the, the body <laughs> fat and stuff. The gambling addiction machine. The gambling addiction machine. And Maybe that's why it worked. <laughs> yeah, I need I need to get me one of those. Um, went for a health checkup the other day. Good old Discovery Health checkup. And everything is in range. Nice. Everything is where it should be. So it's it's good. No, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling healthy. Everything else in my life is falling apart, but at least my health <laughs> is, is doing okay. At least you have your health. Hmm. I got that going <laughs> That's the thing me. people say, so yeah, that's good. Yeah, as for things falling apart, Mm. I did something very ironic this past Saturday. What did you do? I hosted a personal finance meetup. Ah, nice. It's ironic because my personal finances are in shambles. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you didn't claim to be the master, so that's fair enough. That's true. But yeah, it was was cool. It was a pretty big turnout. Nice. And uh, yeah, it was a... You had a... A speaker there you were mm. you had a proper venue like, not like last year when we were just at some place with name tags and pens that's all i remember really yeah uh no this time was a, a guest speaker and everything it was it was a lot of fun i learned a lot um and i mean that's why i started doing it in the first place was my personal finances weren't great so i threw myself into that niche and made myself a I don't know, accountable in a sense by surrounding me with that people and making myself necessary in that sphere. And uh, yeah, met a lot of cool people, got some really cool new contacts, um, friends even. Um, It's cool. Nice, nice. Don't actually know what else I want to say on that. (laughs) No, it's just good to know that uh, you are carrying on the the personal finance tradition without me. Mm. (laughs) I've been figuring out how to personal finance UK. Um, It's pretty similar, actually. 
but it's also not at all because everything is some of it is really futuristic and modern and easy and you can open a bank account with an app and you get the card the next day and apple pay and everything's great and then on the other side of it it's like oh you want to get this account where you can get 1.1 percent interest per year what crazy you have to post us your actual residence card and your actual passport please send that to us in the post and we'll get it back to you in two weeks and open your account it's like uh no i'm not doing that ever sorry thanks so like the actual original like the original the real thing how is that even a thing it's like can i rather send you a fax can i drive there and hand it to you and you give it back same day <laughs> well yeah you could do that but it's so far to go for me and okay. it's like uh no not for 1.1 percent interest no. rate thank you sir it's fine i will just uh go risk my money somewhere else thank you <laughs> but yeah so that's my uh my personal finance journey it's um it's not really a journey it's more of a crawling through glass shards <laughs> and fire i don't know <laughs> uh it's so dramatic i like it <laughs> it's not been a fun two months let me just say that um but on the flip side through all of the coda stuff that we did for the product hunt maker festival i actually got a paid coda gig yeah so um well i can't really share much of anything at this point except that <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> great chat it kind of so when everything started going pear-shaped about two months ago um i made the decision to um focus on adding value without expecting anything in return yeah just wherever i go just add value um and i'm not asking money even though i really need it i'm just adding value everywhere so that was a big motivation for me for the podcast planner it was just like i think this is valuable put a lot of time into that and i'm just giving it away for free. yeah and just putting it out there and like slowly but surely like that stuff's coming back you know and i think sometimes you're so focused on making money that you lose sight of the bigger picture where if you're just focusing on genuinely making other people's lives better like it it has to come back you have to reap what you sow in that sense yeah and that kind of got me well during this time where i'm trying to add all of this value and stuff uh, i came across um Naval Ravikant stuff again on on Twitter. I know I've known about his stuff for a very long time. Yeah, but kind of I haven't been noticing him. Uh, but now lately, is noticing a lot of his stuff again, and a lot of his teachings or Navalisms <laughs> have been really resonating with me lately. And uh, yeah, so I've been kind of digging into his stuff again i'd like to get your thoughts as well like do you uh, do you know about naval it's the weirdest thing for me because i've he's also been on my radar and i follow him on twitter for a long time i would say in, in the twitter world and also recently his stuff has sort of found its way onto my youtube and onto my twitter again and I, when i saw you put it in the doc i was genuinely freaked out because i was like how did you know because literally yesterday i watched the video of it before opening the doc this morning and going oh we're talking about that cool <laughs> <laughs> so 
that's sort of scary, but also sort of interesting. Maybe uh, there's some sort of a bigger push going on in society that we're not aware of, which could very well happen, um, given how disconnected we are from everything. But yeah, he's a he's a really interesting guy, a very smart guy, obviously. Um, I do like a lot of his wisdom, but I just think people also need to sort of be aware of his position, where he's coming from with a lot of the stuff. And also he, who he is as a person. Because like in some of his things, I agree 100%. And then some of them is like, okay, that's just you. He did these Periscope videos that you can get on YouTube still if you want to go watch them. They're pretty good. And one of them, he likes saying uh, he doesn't like a scheduled life. Like his ideal life is to be as unscheduled as possible. And I mean, that the idea of it, I love. But in practicality, I cannot function like that. Even though I always thought I would. Um, as soon as I got on a strict schedule, it just like my world opened up. So it's probably a lot of the things he's saying is similar in that kind of way, where it just works for him really well. It sort of connects back to the, the goal setting thing, where I've been thinking a lot about long term goals that I want to try and position myself for. Because the main one I had was moving countries and I've done that now and I've st I'm starting to feel settled here. I've made some friends, I've made some, you know, habits that I like and things that I enjoy doing here. So everything is sort of, it's calmed down, I want to say. Mm -hmm. And now I'm sort of, I'm making space again to, to be bored, to allow my brain time to think, to not just be filled up with other people's thoughts. And doing that, I'm starting to generate ideas again about, you know, startup ideas and things I want to do. And then coming across Naval's stuff where he speaks a lot about you have to have uh, money that works for you, or you have to have IP that you can leverage, or you have to have pretty much code that can run on a thousand machines that it doesn't cost anything to replicate. Those kind of ideas, I've sort of been leaning towards that again. Um, and I want to I wanna think about some kind of uh, startup ideas and things I can get going again in my free time. Because I think I am in, a, in an interesting position. Uh, one of the things that he also mentions is you should be in the waterfall. And one of the questions uh, someone asked him on the, the Periscope was if he had, I don't know, like $100,000 to spend on himself and that was all he had, what would he do? And he suggested that you should be in the waterfall. So if you work in tech, you got to go to Silicon Valley, basically, right? You got to be where all the good people are and where all the money is for those kind of things. Um, and in the second Periscope, he sort of clarified that again, where he said, you got to be in the waterfall, but with remote working and things like that, it's, it's not as clear to be in Silicon Valley anymore because it doesn't really matter. Startups are really anywhere. Um, and fortunately, the place where I'm at now is like Tech Central for London. So hmm. I'm pretty much in the London waterfall. Um, and I definitely want to start leveraging that in some way because I haven't been building those connections for a really long time. And it's probably been stupid of me, but I've been focusing on other things. So I don't want to give myself too much, too much of a hard time over it. But yeah, it's been it's been really interesting to come across some of his stuff. Uh, what has resonated with you? What are you like focusing on? Um, well, puzzle pieces again. <laughs> ah, yeah. Um, so I I came across this blog post on podcastnotes.org. Oh yeah, that kind of summarizes a bunch of his novelisms, and uh, I keep coming back to like setting rules in your life and rule sets um and that that's nagging at me dude like ever since we <laughs> talked about this stuff it's it's nagging 
at the back of my mind <laughs> the whole time. Um, and there was this one piece in there that was about decision-making heuristics. And I read that and I was like, and also because I need to make a lot of big decisions now in my life, like he's uh, got a three-step flow for making decisions. And it's um, when you're faced with a difficult choice, if you can't decide, the answer is no. <laughs> and that, like just that is is <laughs> really, really yeah, good. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I want to like it, but I also don't. <laughs> so no. <laughs> um, and then if you have two choices to make and they're relatively equal, 50-50, um, you take the path that's the most difficult and the most painful in the short term because like short-term pain can equal long-term gain it could right so you make sacrifices now but also then you need to make sure it's a worthy sacrifice yeah obviously not just not just suffering yeah with anything in life that's it's not as clear-cut yeah, as this yeah. usually and then um the other one is in times of interpersonal conflict make the choice that will leave you more Equanimous, I think is the word. Yeah, close enough. But it means internally calm, uh, which I guess that, that does make sense. Like if you if you have to make a tough decision, like you have to pick the one that makes you feel okay with yourself, like the one that centers you, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'll take that as far as make the choice that you're not going to immediately doubt yourself in. Because if you're just going to doubt yourself the whole time, then you're not you're not moving forward. You're just staying on the choice. That's what I get from that. I wouldn't read too much in it, really. Hmm. Yeah, well, there was a whole bunch more in the post as well, which I cut out. Yeah, he's got a lot of things that he says. And I mean, a smart guy he can go for it. Much rather that than some other social media nonsense. Yeah. So I think what resonated with me with this stuff is that it's once again, hard rules, right? It's something that you, that you set and it's something that you can refer to like it doesn't have to be exactly this yeah yeah i think what resonates with me is like consciously sitting down and writing rule sets for yourself like what do i do me as a person what's my take on when i need to deal with a difficult decision how do i do that yeah so for instance if i've got two very hard choices to make i would usually make a pro con list right um, but he literally says, if you need to make a pro con list, like the answer is no. <laughs> yeah, that's easy to say if you're already wealthy. I mean, of course. That's true. That's true. Um, like that part I disagree with. Like I, I would still do my pro con list. One of the things he also said is if you want to be in the kind of space we're in, where we work in IT and we're like computer nerds, um, and you want to sort of leverage that to build some sort of a startup thing where you can make crazy amounts of money you're probably not going to be able to do it if you just sort of do what everyone else does so you have to find something specific and get really good at it and then you have to stay up to date with the bleeding edge of technology so that when that next thing is about to break and that next thing is the one where you are uniquely skilled in working with it then you're going to be able to leverage it to be sort of a the 10 times or a thousand times or the hundred times or whatever times it's going to be for you, that multiplier, mm. you have to be on the edge. Now, that's also something I've really, I sort of, I don't know, I, 
I stopped playing with bleeding edge things all the time. And now I just sort of play with things that I find interesting that, that I find relevant to my life. So I sort of ruled it out by going, oh, this is going to be really interesting. I know it's just going to be a time kill for me because that's one of the things like thinking I'm going to hedge my bets and just focus on a couple of specific things. But I haven't sort of tailored those specific things to include bleeding edge technology making sure that you have the right skills to be right place right time that's also i think he don't know if it was him or it might have been someone else that tweeted it and he retweeted it or something i know he was somehow involved but uh there was this thing about lucky people and then it lists the traits of lucky people and it's like work hard um, push so you literally create luck yeah. by making sure you're in the best position when an opportunity comes along that's how you get lucky and you try all the time you have to roll the dice try all the time yeah have you ever read um cal newport's book uh, so good they can't ignore you yes i liked it it was pretty fun yeah it was a good book um and i love the terminology that he uses in that book where he says he basically the whole book is about um, spoilers, <laughs> <laughs> debunking the passion myth, right? Yeah. And saying that uh, finding your passion is advice that only works for the 1%. But he gave me some terminology which has been very useful for me re when talking about this stuff. And he said, spend like 10 years getting really good at one thing, like put all of your energy into one thing. It doesn't have to be something that you particularly love or in the words that he doesn't want to use passionate about right it doesn't you don't have to be passionate about it. you just have to kind of like <laughs> it but then spend a lot of time getting really good at it like really good then when you're really good at it you have to look at your other interests other things that you like and then you see how you can combine that with the thing that you're really good with yeah and he calls that your adjacent possible oh yeah yeah that term adjacent possible has stuck with me because that is where you find that that is where you find your passion when you create something unique by combining two of your interests and you're really really good in one or two of of those areas and the cool thing with programming is it can literally overlap with anything exactly it's so wide so if you're a really good dev like you can find any other interest that you kind of have um you know it's such a good foundational skill programming yeah um yeah i just wanted to touch on that because i think that really um brings that together that phrase adjacent possible um i kind of reworded the word passion to adjacent possible in my mind because it's something that you work at it doesn't just happen overnight it's something you have to look for and find yeah i think the general idea of a passion is is really like social medialized it's like yeah, sure look at this thing i love doing this thing it's like yeah maybe just because it's new and interesting mm. anything that you think you like if you do it for long enough and you do it well enough you're gonna get to a point where it becomes difficult and it's not fun anymore yeah. and then if you were just going on oh this is so much fun to do you're gonna lose interest or at least i always do so for me sort of passion is sort of competency with something and understanding it at a deep level as soon as i've got both of those things going then like the more i learn the more interesting it becomes the more i do stuff the more stuff i want to do so it's it's sort of this weird inverse curve where it starts out where I 
don't want to do anything where most people go, oh, and I just want to do this. This is my passion. I sort of go, I don't want to. And then I figure out how it works and then I get interested in it. So I don't know, it's strange. Uh, it's, it's strange. But there's a there's a lot of uh, opportunity, I think. Yeah, I always look at these pro gamers, like people that play Dota for a living. I was like, I actually envy them <laughs> sometimes. Like I wish I was that passionate about one thing. And only one thing. Yeah. I know it's not easy, but they make it look so easy. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's high stress. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I'm, I do not envy them. Like, I envy how much money they make, but <laughs> you can make a lot of money doing a lot of different things. So Yeah, that's true. I would rather not. Um, no, I don't think it's like, it's something about that. I would never be able to be like that. Like, just focus on one thing and make it my everything. Um, but it's almost like a... I wish I could. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like life would be simpler yeah. if I could only focus on one thing. Um, I think like I overcomplicate my life <laughs> a lot. This is known. Yeah, because um, I have just, I've got too many interests. Way too many. Hey, listener. We want to take a moment to thank you for your support. Over the next couple of weeks, tweet us your hashtag RP Observation Club entries and we might just talk about it on the show. That's all for now. Thanks. Now, I just think that a lot of people, they sort of like want to be, take for example, a YouTuber. They want to get into it and they immediately go, yeah, I can make so much money Mm. or I can reach this famous position or I can have all of this status. And it's like, well, maybe, probably not statistically, but even then that shouldn't be why you get into something. You should get into something for you because If you want to have it be sustainable and you want to have it be something that energizes you, it's going to have to be enjoyable in some sense. Now, it might not start out as enjoyable, but you're going to have to know why you're getting into it. And if you've got that, then it sort of it flips over where it's just fun to make stuff just for the sake of making it. Mm. And that's probably been the best teaching tool I've had my entire life. It's just I come up with dumb things I want to make just for myself and then I do it. And then I always think, oh, there's no way this will ever benefit me, like say professionally. And then it's always probably less than a month. And I actually use that skills that I learned while just making a thing for myself. I find a way to use that skill because it's sort of a position where you don't know you're going to use something because you don't know it yet. Yeah. So you can't see the value of something you don't understand yet. It's that kind of a deal. Yeah. So I think I, I just want to, I just want to challenge people to go make something for you. Like what, what do you want? Just make something, have some fun. Yeah. Also your life goes where you focus. So if you're focusing on making cool stuff and learning new skills, like naturally you're going to be following that piece of string and kind of untangling it and getting more stuff. Um, so like, for instance, with this, this coder stuff that we're doing, you know, like I'm only getting like paid work now for that and all that kind of stuff because I followed that piece of string. Yeah. If I never heard about Coda, obviously I wouldn't be like in this position doing this stuff. Yes. yes. So like life is literally what you focus on. And if you're going to be focusing on adding value, like I stated earlier, if you're just doing cool, small, fun stuff to add value to people's lives, that's going to come back to you at some point. You know, that's, you're going to be sitting with like all of these little karma bundles. (laughs) I guess this is also like my observation plan for today. You create these little karma, I don't know what to call them, like things that you send out (laughs) 
I like karma. Karma bundles. <laughs> and you send them out into the ether. At some point, like, they come back to you tenfold. Yeah. You know, it's just like they grow and they come back and you're like, oh, wow, this is so cool. Like, I never expected this is going to happen. And all you really did is did something fun and put it out there. Yeah. And then people resonate with that. Like, people see, wow, you know, you put a lot of effort into this. This is really cool. And then they want to work with you and they want to, you know, so it's like at the end of the day, I just want to do some fun stuff. <laughs> like that's what I want to do. I want to build cool, fun stuff that I enjoy building and hopefully people enjoy using. Yes. That's 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 what I want out of life. That's, that's <laughs> a very good thing to have defined, I think. Yeah. My observation club is, uh, well, I, I don't have that much more to say about it, thankfully, because time has passed. But uh, you called me out on Twitter. I tweeted that moving countries has taught me more about myself in one month than the past, I don't know, five years or whatever of introspection. Um, and it is true. I still stand by that statement. I have definitely learned more about myself in the past month and a bit than uh, ever, really. Um, and it's sort of strange because you've also mentioned that you get the impression, at least, that I know myself pretty well. Mm. And I, I still think I know myself pretty well. But it's sort of as you go through your more formative years, you question yourself a lot and you question why you believe certain things and why you think certain ways. And you, you pull on all those threads and you see where they go. And um, you sort of, at least I sort of came to answers for most of the things. Um, and I stopped really thinking about it that much. I stopped chasing the thread because I like to think of the metaphor as, as a person as this house, right? And you've got a whole bunch of rooms. And if you're in your formative years, you go into all the rooms and you see what's inside and you look under all the furniture and you check out the paint and you, you, you make sure you know the house, right? Mm -hmm. But then you get comfortable and you think, okay, I know this house. I'm not going to waste my time walking around, checking out all the weird stuff. Um, I'm pretty happy with this room. I don't like this room. Let me just close the door and let me just stay in the kitchen and the living area and the bedroom, right? And I sort of forgotten about some of the rooms I have going in my house because um, I, I didn't see any value in going in there. Mm. Let's just say I thought the issue was settled. Like there was no mm. actionable value in spending time dealing with this issue because it's just an issue that goes in circles like politics, for example. Yeah, yeah. It's like I know what I stand by and I don't care for arguing about that with anyone because mm -hmm. nothing can come from it, right? So I closed that room in my house and I haven't bothered going in there again. I must give some of the people I've met here credit. Um, some of them ask really good questions, which suddenly has me defending a lot of opinions I had. And the weird thing is, I'm not even sure I stand by all of the opinions anymore because it's like, I had this room, I inspected it, I was pretty happy with it, I closed the door and I didn't think about it. Hmm. And now people are forcing me to go back into the room and go, why do I think this? This is nonsense. Hmm. Or, okay, I think this, but I don't know if it's the right thing to think anymore. Like some of these things I need to revisit maybe. And that's why I ended the tweet with, it's frighteningly interesting. Because it's like, it's not something serious that there's much value in still. But some of it is like, I sort of want to say, I don't like the person I've become when I when it gets to a couple of the rooms. Uh, and it's, I, I know it sounds bad, but it's just me being honest with myself, which is mm. something that's like one of my favorite qualities about myself. Um, but some of the things I think and stand by are sort of, oh, well, mostly some of the things I do as well. It's like it's habits that have formed over the past five years, probably since I started taking note of these things. Mm. But it's like, I don't, I don't think 
they are as valuable anymore as I always thought they were going to be. So there's definitely uh, some improvement in uh, in the house of Jacob going on at the moment. Yeah, we're having some construction work done. <laughs> it's strange. I don't know. I, I Yeah, that's more than I thought I was going to say about it. So it's good that I remembered what, uh, what the train of thought was for it. Mm. I don't know. Do you have any do you have any advice from uh, the house of Daniel? I love I love that analogy. That's a very, very cool way to look at it. Oh, thank you. Came to me on the bus. Yeah. Wow. I'm actually like trying to process all of this. I've never thought <laughs> of, of it that way. Like, you know, these are these rooms that you kind of close and you think, you know, yeah, everything's fine. But then cracks start to appear and, you know, it's not being maintained. Yeah. And, you know, and one day you open that door and it's like, what the hell happened? <laughs> when did the geezer burst? Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Why is this whole place flooded? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, like that in a movie in Zatura where like you it's this house floating in space and you literally open a door and then there's nothing. Like you think <laughs> there's a room and there's yeah, no yeah. room. It's just like you go off into space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just abyss <laughs> in all directions. Yeah. <laughs> it's like what the hell happened here? <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm pretty, um, I don't have, like, I, just, I don't know what I wanted to say, there, but it's a, it's a very cool analogy. It might actually help me to think about, you know, the areas of my life that I'm either not facing or haven't thought about in a very long time and doing some cleanup, you know, but it's also like, um, like you mentioned, like things that you, you decide on, you think, okay, this is what I believe. And then, you know, you kind of accept that as your truth <laughs> millennial speak but yeah yeah you're happy with it so you're you're you close the case yeah and this is now this is now a fact in your mind right this yeah. is this is how it is like no one's convincing me otherwise um and you know you need to challenge yourself yeah i don't like having opinions like that that are unchallengeable no that's very very true i'm um i'm very intrigued you've got another thing bouncing around in my head now <laughs> in my subconscious and just nagging at me right. stop doing this you're planting <laughs> seeds of destruction <laughs> i'm not trying to i promise one of these days my head's just gonna blow up <laughs> i thought the idea of the podcast is that the overarching theme is this wise man tells this young kid how to live his life and now i'm just ruining yours oh great <laughs> <laughs> no dude i really appreciate your um your input um it's making me think uh well we can wrap up with the dashboard update mm. um there's progress 